This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Knitting Iceland. Find out more by visiting www.knittingiceland.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. everyone. This is Alana. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 35. And thank you also to all of you who have left comments on my blog recently or sent me Ravelry messages. I just really appreciate you taking the time to contact me and I always really love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Speaking of comments approximately 600 of you left a comment under last episode's show notes to enter to win the Color by Kristen drawing giveaway. And I totally don't blame you. It was a really good drawing. If I could have, I would have entered it too. So between all of those entries, I randomly chose one of the comments as a winner. And I'm happy to say that the winner of the Kristen Nicholas drawing giveaway, the winner of the Color by Kristen book and the 12 skeins of yarn to go with it is, you know, just to be annoying, I think I'll wait to tell you until the end of this episode. Yeah, sorry. Instead, why don't I give you a little update? Now, I wish I had something really fun and great to tell you about my knitting, but unfortunately, I don't have a lot of exciting knitting news to report. And that's because my life is crazy. There has just been a lot of things going on, and we've been moving, and it's just been pretty insane. So I have unfortunately not been doing a ton of knitting. I have been working on a design project that is also driving me crazy that I've ripped out like 7,000 times now. But um, I think I'm going to wait until next episode to tell you all about that and to also tell you about my experiences in moving houses and dealing with my yarn stash. Coming face to face with all of the yarn that I have in my possession has really taught me a thing or two about myself as a knitter. So I'm going to save all of that until next episode. For this time, instead of my usual format, I have another interview to share with you. It's good to mix it up once in a while, don't you think? Now, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I just love the internet. It makes it so easy to interview people from all over the world. And I really just especially love our online knitting community. It's allowed me to befriend so many wonderful knitters from all over the place. And one knitter that I've especially enjoyed getting to know is Raga from Iceland. And I've kept in contact with her for almost a year now, I think. And I've just loved the fact that we've been able to connect online through knitting, despite living so, so far away from one another. 
I met Raga initially through the podcast. She's a podcast listener all the way in Iceland, and she has just been awfully supportive of Never Not Knitting. Not long ago, she even got me in touch with this Icelandic knitting magazine, and that has allowed me to have some of my patterns published in Icelandic, which has been really, really cool. I don't know about you, but I'm always really interested in hearing the knitting history of other countries. And recently, I've been really interested in this business that Raga set up with her friend Helene Magnuson that incorporates the Icelandic knitting heritage. So I thought it would be fun, as a little change of pace, to invite Raga on the podcast as a guest so that she could tell us a little bit more about her company, Knitting Iceland, and a little bit about Iceland's knitting history. Hi, Raga. Thanks for joining us today. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Lana. The pleasure is all mine. <laughs> Thanks. So do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about Knitting Iceland? What is Knitting Iceland? Okay, um, Knitting Iceland is a company just started in 2009. Mm -hmm. And we work with the Icelandic knitting heritage from many different angles. So we have a website, we have uh, tours, we, have, we publish and do all kinds of stuff. But all our proje projects are related to the Icelandic knitting heritage in some way. How cool. So how did you start knitting Iceland? What made you decide to do this for business? Oh, well, um, I had this idea because I have been moving, gravitating towards knitting more and more. Mm -hmm. I had published one book and... I uh, was doing a lot of teaching and lecturing, mm -hmm. um, so I started thinking about doing something more. Um, and in the summer of 2009, I, I met for the first time with my business partner, mm -hmm. Helene Magnusson. Okay. And uh, I, I knew about her, she knew about me. She had been doing some great work with kind of uh, rescuing uh, a tiny little part of our knitting heritage from from, uh, you know, just... So Helene was, was already known for her work uh, with Icelandic intarsia. Uh, mm. It's a very special tradition that was almost lost because nobody was uh, giving it any attention. Mm. So I knew about her work and she had been following me on my blog and, you know, had my book and, and stuff. And it was just a coincidence. We, we met at this uh, local yarn store downtown. Uh-huh. And, and we... we um, just it clicked somehow I was like oh is it you and she was like oh my god it's Raga oh we have to talk <laughs> that's so neat funny. that's yeah, great really funny, but, but the day uh shortly after we we met for and and spent an afternoon together mm -hmm. just uh, discussing all our ideas uh she had been fantasizing about starting up this website or website about mm -hmm. Icelandic knitting Mm -hmm. uh, a place to promote Icelandic designers or designers from wherever in the world who are working with uh, Icelandic inspiration or material. Mm -hmm. um, and these ideas about the traveling, the knitting tours, and about the website, they just fell together like hand in glove or 
you know, mm-hmm. yarn over and SSK or something. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, shortly after, we just decided to start up the company. That's and cool. We, we did this in spite of the uh, economic downturn and the financial collapse that ISAP has been experiencing. Oh, boy. Uh, so we were really brave. Yes. <laughs> quit our day jobs to do this or, yeah. Right. And what and what were your jobs before Knitting Iceland? Um, well, I, I'm actually a nurse by mm-hmm. profession, mm-hmm. but I, I worked um, as a kind of uh, information manager for, for the academic union in Iceland. Okay. And uh, Helen, she is, uh, she's in fact uh, an attorney. How funny. <laughs> yes, uh, people get tend to get very surprised. But she she hasn't been practicing for many years as an attorney because, mm-hmm. for the love of Iceland, she abandoned her career in Paris. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and she moved to Iceland and became a mountain guide, oh. and and then she she studied uh, textile design in the Academy of the Arts over here. Interesting. And since yeah, and since she graduated, she's been working basically as um, yeah, just an independent designer and an author. You both have such interesting backgrounds. So tell us a little bit more about what Knitting Iceland offers, as far as the tours and um, you mentioned the DVDs. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, um, we the first thing that we came out of the closet with um, was uh, publishing a DVD with. Uh, a tutorial DVD mm-hmm. written. Was that the that. one you sent me? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, that's great. And that's going to be published in English? Yeah, we, we're currently working on the translations and it will be out in English and French this spring. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. And you, you probably didn't understand much of it, did you? No, but I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's also, you know, for the eye. Yes. Um, and uh, and also with our um, hand-dyed Icelandic wool, mm-hmm. it's called nami, mm-hmm. which means candy in Icelandic. Very fun. Uh, so these two products we put on the market last year. And then we um, worked on planning everything for the knitting tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our first tour will be happening in, in June, mm-hmm. between June 10th and 17th. That's the Arctic Knitting Retreat, and it's a very um, nice mix- mixture of knitting, uh, nature, lots and lots of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go horseback riding, we'll have lots of great food, and we are really, really happy to have Evelyn Clark as our guest teacher. Wow, that's great. That's the queen of shawls, like yes. I call her. <laughs> Right, and she has a little bit of a background. I mean, she knows about Icelandic shawl knitting, right? Oh yeah, she she has uh, she has a little bit of a relation or to or an Icelandic heritage, you could say. Oh okay. And she has been she has been looking into this uh, the shawl tradition for some time now, and she's have, she's even been here to the National Museum to to look at the oh, shawls. Oh okay. Well, yeah. that's a perfect person to have. That's great. Oh yeah, and she she is so lovely, and she she will be uh, joining us in June and also in August because this first tour just filled up right away. So wow. we had to uh, to answer the demand. We we uh, 
but yeah, we, we put on another one in on in August twentieth to twenty seventh. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And this is a tour suitable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, we're not going on any wild mountain hiking or anything. It's okay. All, it's very comfortable and nice. Mm-hmm. So, but but anyway, uh, even though we, we we will be experiencing a lot of nature, see the you know the lava, the waterfalls, the the glaciers. It's all around here, so wow. it's really an experience. That sounds and, amazing. Yeah, but we but we thought we we really needed to also offer something to the more adventurous knitters. Okay. <laughs> People that like the hiking and uh, you know staying in mountain cabins and stuff like that, bathing in natural geothermal pools and stuff. Uh huh. So that will be happening in the beginning of September or, yeah, August thirty first to September sixth. Okay. And call that tour knitting in the wild north <laughs> cool yeah and we'll be spending three three nights uh up in the mountains in the in the icelandic highlands in a really really spectacular geothermal area wow um, we have this cabin where where we will be sleeping and eating and knitting and stuff mm-hmm. and and just outside the cabin there are these magnificent warm geothermal pools so we don't have this is very rustic you know we don't mm-hmm. have the comfort of uh, you know a private bathroom for everyone and stuff oh okay um, but instead you really get to experience the nature up, up close and personal mm-hmm. yeah sounds like it <laughs> yeah and and there, there's going to be uh, some some fun hiking and you know so so this is a this is a tour more for you know active adventurous type mm-hmm. stuff you could say mm-hmm. and uh, the main attraction maybe um, when it comes to uh, the, the people is uh, our guest teacher uh-huh. uh, for this tour we, we will be uh, graced by the presence of uh, Isolde Teague really yeah she's my favorite designer that is so yeah. cool <laughs> she's really great she's so popular uh-huh. and I mean understandably because her work is just great and yeah I've knit so many of her designs I, just, yeah. I love them that sounds so awesome I want to go <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's go, but, but she um, she's going to be in this tour like the other ones we're going to be covering the Icelandic sweater knitting you know the, the uh-huh. traditional yoke that many people know about yeah made out of lopi okay. um, and every participant is going to get a, a material for for their own Iceland, Icelandic sweater and hopefully they will just return home in their sweater <laughs> that is so neat and and uh, we will also be covering the the rose patterns the Icelandic intarsia Mm-hmm. That's Helen's uh, specialty. Okay. And for for the September tour with Isolda, she will be covering um, shaping of the uh, of sweaters. I think that's her that's her specialty. I yeah. think that's what she does really well. And it's going to be so great for to complement the the Icelandic yoke sweater because they are usually knitted very in a very simple way. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing um, kind of boxy. Yeah, kind of boxy, but 
you know, they, they kind of adjust, also they adjust to the body of the wearer because that's just the nature of Lofi. Oh, okay. uh, but she's going to be covering uh, how you can work with, uh, work with that shape and make it more, uh, you know, feminine mm-hmm. or something. Right. That is really neat. So, okay, so that's the tours, and are you coming that's out with tours for this year? Okay, <laughs> yeah. and there'll be more, I'm sure, in the mm-hmm. future, right? Right. And uh, 2011, we are hoping to be able to uh, host uh, a tour with uh, with Jared Flood, Brooklyn Tweed. Oh, cool. So we have a lot of exciting things coming up. Yeah, I guess so. Mm. And so, um. You so you mentioned the tours, and so are you coming out with more DVDs or? Yes, yeah. Like I mentioned, we are in the process of translating the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's called Pronum Saman in Icelandic. It's like uh, United We Knit or something. Oh, okay, okay. I've always wondered uh, what that meant. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, we just finished shooting another one. Okay. Uh, that one is called, or yeah, that one's is all about the Icelandic yoke sweater, the traditional okay. one. Cool. So it's just from A to Z, everything you need to know about, um, you know, steaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it's a it's a di- it's a very different material to work with the lopi. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, the designs, the traditional designs, they have very distinct elements that are, um, well, we think they come pretty naturally over here, but mm-hmm. <laughs> for for many people they might be uh, new. Uh, everything is knit in the round. Right, I've heard that. Uh, also the cardigans. <laughs> yeah, and so, then you stick them at the end. Yeah, and we recover all the scary parts as well. <laughs> And and we did the we we filmed this this in um, a house that used to belong to my great grandmother up north oh, in Iceland. Uh huh. And family still owns this house, and she was she was a knitter, so my knitting roots they lie really deep over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we we stayed we stayed at the house, and we just filmed everything, and and the house is just like it was when she was alive, so it's pretty nice. That's really neat. That's cool. And we, we even visited a, a, a sheep farm mm-hmm. on the way there. And uh, what, what do you call it when you take the wool off the sheep? Shearing? You, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They did it to my, to my own little sheep. Oh. <laughs> <My own one. laughs> huh. and, and we filmed that. So we oh. followed the wool. And then we went to the, to the wool washing uh, factory or uh-huh. where they wash all the wool in the country. Wow. Uh, so this is, yeah. this is in your DVD, all of this. Yeah, yeah. That is so neat. That sounds like something that would be super interesting to watch. I would love that. That's it, cool. It's really educational as well. It's not only knitting, but it's, you know, where does the wool the come process. from? And what do you need to do? Yeah, it's a processing. And what do you need to do to, to really be able to knit a sweater? So. Right. Well, that sounds like the DVD for me because I am really, I mean, with the part that you mentioned about like knitting in the round and doing steaks and all the scary parts, those things are scary to me. So I could really appreciate a DVD like that. <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you we're also working on some books. Okay. Um, we will be publishing a really interesting book 
uh, with designs in Tunisian crochet okay. this spring. Uh, this is the author. He's a he's a, a Swedish guy who lives here. He's a computer programmer. Mm -hmm. So funny. Why do I think men who knit? So many of them are in computers somehow. How funny. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, he's a really talented uh, knitwear designer. And, and recently he got really into Tunisian crochet. Okay. And and he um, he actually found this... Uh, he has been discovering all these new methods, like working in the round. Really? I didn't uh, even know that was possible. Yeah. That's really cool. And this is not the, the methods that we have found um, in other... Yeah, you know, on websites and in publications, but this is really different the way he does it. Huh. Um, and color work, incorporating patterns, uh, almost lace work as well. Interesting. Everything in Tunisian crochet. And his inspiration comes from uh, Icelandic traditional knitting and patterns. Uh huh. And from sci-fi like Star Trek. So this really? Is a really interesting combination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is something that I've got to see. That sounds so interesting. Another, we also have another uh, big project, publishing project going on. Um, there, th that's a book about the work of uh, this woman, an Icelandic knitting designer called Aval Björk Jónsdóttir. Okay. She is now 93. Uh-huh. And uh, when in the 70s and in the 80s, she knitted about 100 lace dresses. Wow. Yeah. You oh, know, my goodness. grown woman-sized lace dresses. They are magnificent. I don't think any two are alike. Um, she wrote very little down. She just knitted with her heart, basically. Wow. And what we are doing, this is actually uh, started, um, H Helen brought this project into the company. She had been working on this for, for quite a while. Uh-huh. And we're going to be trying to get together some of her dresses because they are all over, you know, people own them, you know, have them in their closets and have worn them for, uh -huh. for years. Um, so we will be collecting these dresses. Uh, we're going to try to analyze them and publish some patterns. Okay, wow, that would be neat. Yeah, and, and we will be um, having a, an exhibition with the, the dresses and publishing a book with them so cool and she Adelberg, she's still alive she's 93 and she's so enjoying this process it's I bet. such a pleasure her. that's neat yeah and she even started knitting again and she's been doing some some skirts and wow at 93 that's amazing so raga what about patterns you said that you um, it, you have some patterns already designed for the Nami yarn, right? But, yeah, right. Um, are you going to be offering more in the future? Oh, yes. Um, we're going to be publishing on our website, knittingiceland.com. Okay. Uh, this is, this is a, a web magazine, mm -hmm. and we're going to be public, publishing three times a year. Uh, okay. In each issue, we will have some sort of a theme going on, mm -hmm. and we're, we're going to feature uh, designers, both Icelandic designers, but also those who are working with Icelandic trends, Icelandic inspiration in some oh, way. Okay. Uh huh. Um, I know a lot of designers 
out there who have been to Iceland and they can't seem to get over the nature somehow, you know? Uh huh. Many years after, they might be designing some shawls or whatever named after the waterfalls or something. Oh, so, okay. So it's a it's a real inspiration. Uh, so I'm it's sure. both the nature, but also the tradition that we're looking into, mm-hmm. and kind of uh, bringing the the old tradition into the modern days in a way. I see. Yeah. Okay, so that's what you're going to be offering as far as patterns. And so right now you just have the one yarn, right? The Nami yarn. And yeah, we, we now have the Nami yarn mm-hmm. in, in a variety of colors. But we okay. also, we're, we're working on development of some more interesting stuff. Okay. So well, that's probably going to be uh, late 2011 or 2012 that we can offer something else. Okay, well, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about the Nami yarn. Um, you mentioned that it's it's pure Icelandic wool, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the Icelandic wool is, for, for those who don't know it, it's a bit, um, it, has, it has some qualities that are really good, but it has, um, it's really light, mm-hmm. and it has a halo kind of around it, so it's kind of fluffy. Yeah, and, very pretty. and it has both both long fibers and short fibers that are soft ones. Mm-hmm. The long ones are, are a bit more um, coarse, but they make it possible to just draw out the wool and knit from it directly. You don't need to spin it. Really? Knit from it, yeah. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, so that's really interesting. And, and um, so when you get... Uh, the Loki wheels where you have the unspun variety mm-hmm. you can really pull it apart easily but when you knit it it becomes really strong you know oh yeah yeah so it's a it's a fun material to work with but some mm-hmm. people find it a bit scary at first <laughs> <laughs> but but name is is spun oh okay name is, uh, yeah name is spun it's it's a uh, kind of lace or fingering weight, I think you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one ply. Uh-huh. And hand dyed. Uh, firstly, yeah, first I did it in my kitchen, but <laughs> now, I, since the volume is becoming more, I have moved on to, um, like, yeah, it's a textile workshop that I, I can rent the space to dye. I see. Once in a while. And um, I like how uh, Nami means candy. But also you yeah. have it dyed in these really cute, kind of like candy colors. Is that part yeah. of the theme? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of uh, that was kind of the thing because you know I like these kinds of colors, mm-hmm. and they're Very not cute. really solid. The colors they're kind of um, what do you call it, variegated. Yeah, kind of mottled. Yeah. So so uh, what I thought was missing from the from the selections that we had in the stores mm-hmm. uh, with the Icelandic wool was kind of uh, yeah a little bit crazy colors you might call them <laughs> so I decided to to just uh, develop them myself and mm-hmm. yeah cool and, yeah and it's been on the market since uh, last year okay and for the, for the listeners if they want to check out your shop it's at um, www.raga.etsy.com is that correct yeah. Okay. We, we will be opening up a web store in connection with the Knitting Iceland website, but that's going to happen this fall. Okay. But until then, you can you can buy Nami on my Etsy shop. Right. And yeah. 
the Nami, it's the wool that it's made out of. It's only made out of sheep found on Iceland, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pure Icelandic sheep. And these uh, these sheep, they're kind of special because they have been they have remained the same since the, the settlement in mm-hmm. around 860 or something like that. Wow. So um, yeah, so there's been no breeding of, of them at all, and they have remained the same ever since. And it's funny because when you take Icelandic sheep, for example, to the to USA, mm-hmm. their wool becomes really different. Huh. And I'm told it's because of the, firstly, the weather mm-hmm. conditions and because of the minerals in the soil or something. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so the wool becomes really different and it kind of, uh, yeah, because there, there are some um, farms in the USA that are breeding Icelandic sheep for the wool. Okay, but if you want the genuine, real Icelandic wool, you have to get it from Iceland. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 they and these sheep they they spent the whole summer running around in the mountains. <laughs> oh neat. Yeah, that's very neat. That's very and cool. So, so when you're when you're traveling around the country in the summertime, you'll meet a lot of sheep, and they're all over the place, kind of <laughs> sheep and horses. <laughs> that's really cool. Okay, so that's the yarn. So um, we talked about your tours that you offer, the DVDs, the yarn, the patterns. Is there any other future projects that you're working on? Yeah, I might mention that uh, on the website, we're also going to be featuring a lot of uh, articles and interviews that all have something to do with uh, knitting and Iceland, Mm -hmm. um, both the heritage and also knitting in in modern times. Okay. Because um, we are really serious knitters over here. Yeah. It's so intensely popular these days. You uh-huh. wouldn't believe it. That um, is neat. I would love yeah. to live in a place full of knitters. That would be ideal. Yeah, the California weather and the Icelandic knitting scene would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> that is neat. So can you give us a little bit of a, I don't know, kind of a sneak preview? Like, can you can you tell the listeners a little bit about the Icelandic knitting history and and what it's like to be oh, a knitter in Iceland? Yeah, sure. Um, well, for example, in, seven, in the 1700s, knitting was, or, or knitted, hand-knitted garments and goods, was the main export product in Iceland. Hmm. Uh, everyone knitted. The men knitted, the children knitted from the age of around six or eight or something. Um, and you had you had it defined. You had everything defined. Um, a child was supposed to knit a pair of socks in a week. That was, you know, just the contribution for a week. And then you had definitions of how much a woman, a working woman in, in, a, in a farm, was supposed uh-huh. to knit each week, and the man, and yeah, etc. And um, some some tales they they say that uh, the the women they they spun because everything was hand-spun, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and the man knitted. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And, and these, these garments, they were exported, and I think in, in, it's documented that um, up to 200,000 pairs of socks were exported. Out of wow. Iceland. 
Oh my goodness. They were exchanged for, for other kinds of goods that, that were needed. Uh-huh. So it's, that's pretty fascinating. That is really neat. So it has such such a history with knitting. Oh yeah. And and still today, I mean, you, you can walk up to anyone here in town. You can meet a banker in a suit or an old guy down at the harbor or anyone that you meet. They will they will be able to tell you some stories about knitting. That is so cool. If they're not knitters, knitters themselves, and chances are that they are, you know. That is really um, neat. Yeah. That's so different uh, from where I live. So different. So hardly yeah. anyone here knits. I'm, you know, I, I know a lot of knitters because I'm in this industry, but as far as just people that I know around town, you know, when I tell them that I knit, they're usually kind of surprised. So that'd be really yeah. interesting to have everyone, you know, be associated with knitting. <laughs> It is so normal over here. That's so <laughs> neat. And uh, yeah, and and today we we have all these uh, you know activities going on every week. There are some knitting cafes or gatherings or something mm-hmm. over the country. Um, yeah, so so this is really really popular. So basically, being a knitter in Iceland is just really really fun. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and, and the good thing is that everybody learns to knit in school. You know, it's a it's a part of the curriculum in, in elementary school. That's neat. So, what kind of materials do you have available to you there? Do you have a lot of the yarns that we see here in the U.S. and in Europe, or do you have totally different materials? No, well, on a smaller scale. Okay. We really knit very, very much from the Icelandic lope yarn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Icelandic wool. Uh, it's inexpensive and it's locally produced, and you know, so, so right. people are really using that to the max. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of the of the of the state of the currency these days, um, imported yarn is very expensive, or more mm-hmm. expensive than it used to be, at least. Mm-hmm. But we have a really really nice selection, both from Europe and and from from USA and Canada, and you know. Cool. So, You'll find, you know, everything from Rowan to Noro to Artisano to, you know, there, there's just mo- most of what you would find elsewhere is, is to be found here. Okay. Is there a lot of um, yarn shops in Iceland? Um, I think you would, yeah. If you if you would look per capita, <laughs> mm-hmm, right. There, there's a lot of yarn shops here, yes. And there are some really, you know, really nice quality stores downtown. And in fact, we, we're, we're offering this uh, Reykjavik LYS walk this summer. Cool. So we're Is taking that... people downtown, you know, just to all the good yarn shops and to meet designers and, you know. Is that part of the tour or is that something separate? Both. We offer it as a part, it's a part of our tours, uh-huh. but we also offer it for people who are just you know, traveling to Iceland. Oh, right. Okay. And the population of Iceland is rather small. What, what is it again? That's a little bit over 300,000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How neat. So it's tiny, tiny. <laughs> it sounds like such a great place though. I hope that I get to visit it one day. It sounds really amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and now we're starting up these, uh, these, uh, Nordic wool and, and knitting festival. Uh, it's going to be happening for the first time this summer. 
hosted by the Nordic House, and Knitting Iceland is a is a collaborator there. Cool. I think I think I saw that on your Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you a link to it. Yeah. Well, that reminds me. Let's go ahead and tell the listeners how they can keep in contact with you and find out what's coming up for Knitting Iceland. So do you mind sharing your um, email address in case anybody um, has any questions, they can contact you or, or also um, Helene? Okay. Of course. Uh, you can reach us by uh, sending an email to knitting at knittingiceland.com. Okay. That goes to both of us. All right. Uh, and we have raka at knittingiceland.com and Helene at knittingiceland.com. Okay. Um, we also, of course, have the website, www.knittingiceland.com. Mm -hmm. And you can find us on Facebook. We have a really active group on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And on Ravelry, of course, we have a group there. Okay. And, That's yeah, and you will find links to our blogs and stuff also. Yeah, and I will be providing a link to all that you just mentioned in the show notes of this episode for anyone listening. Great. So, okay. Well, you know, I've just, I'm so glad that you're on the podcast. This has been such a great, unique opportunity to get to know a little bit more about, of course, Knitting Iceland, but also about um, just Iceland in general and find out the history. It's just been really fascinating for me. So I really appreciate you being a guest and, and sharing all this really great information with us. Thank you so yeah. much. It's been so much fun to talk to you. I could go on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you again to Raga for being part of the podcast. And I hope that all of you listening enjoyed hearing a little bit more about Iceland's knitting history. I don't know about you, but I really, really want to go on one of those tours. They sound so amazing. Come on. Being in Iceland, a country of knitters, learning how to make an Icelandic sweater with Yusulta Teague, I mean, does it get better? That would be so, so cool. I mean, how exciting would it be just to be in a country where everyone there knows about knitting? Now that sounds like the country for me. I think think I might have to move there. So if you feel the same way, I've posted all of Raga's information in this episode's show notes. So please contact her if you have any questions or if you'd like to learn more. Raga has also generously provided a special Icelandic giveaway for this episode's podcast drawing. Everyone who leaves a comment under episode 35's show notes will get a chance to win a skein of her hand-dyed, genuine Icelandic Nami yarn, as well as her instructional DVD, United We Knit, in English. And this is a cool little DVD. I saw the Icelandic version, and I just imagined that I would like it so much more if it was in English and I could understand it. But it contains 40 knitting techniques and three patterns. So it would be a good DVD to add to your collection. So anyway, to enter the drawing to win the DVD and the yarn, 
please visit Raga's Etsy shop at www.raga.etsy.com and pick out your favorite color of her Nami yarn. And then let me know in your comment what your favorite color is. You have until May 15th to enter. And like I said, Raga will be shipping this very special little package to the winner all the way from Iceland. What a treat. But speaking of winners, I should probably be nice and no longer keep you in suspense about last episode's drawing. So I'd like to say congratulations to Olaf, who won the Color by Kristen book, as well as the 12 skeins of Nashua Julia yarn. What a prize. So if you're listening, please contact me right away with your shipping address so that I can put this big box of goodies in the mail to you right away. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I am also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to contact me, you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode 36, which will be in my typical podcast format. I'll be sharing a really fun new review of a very cool new yarn product, as well as a knitting story from a podcast listener. So please join me back. Until then. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. 
boy, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had. 